Welcome to another episode of Yesterday's Capers. I'm Abdullah Molim, and every week I'll be bringing you the very best shows from the past that the world has to offer. It's the last episode of 2021, and we've got a good one for you. In the wake of the madness in the Formula One, we're looking back on some cool racing cartoons. That means putting Turbo Dogs up against the anime classic Dash Yonkuro. And we take a special look at the Wacky Races. Oh, what a fun show this was. Told you we got a good one for you. And so, let's get started. And uh, joining me as ever is uh, producer Paul. Hey man, how's it going? I'm alright, thanks. Uh, yeah, the Formula One. What a day to introduce Formula One to the layman. Do you know, do you know what? Formula One, the, the correct thing ended up happening. That's all I'm saying. I mean, if you, if you want to look at probabilities and things evening up then okay but no i think the the the, technically the correct thing happened on the day because every other race you've seen for a while you know that they own uh the 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 lap cars unlap themselves and they get a race under the way for as short amount of time as they possibly can to get a race underway now obviously that didn't work out for mercedes who didn't pit their guy i'm telling you this was a strategy call that went wrong for mercedes that's why they got the hump all day long this was strategy I think Hamilton was asking for it, no? Yeah, he was, but that's what I'm saying. Um, Mercedes was like, no, nah, we can't give up track position. And Red Bull were like, all right, great. Oh, yeah, it's like, oh, you, can you do that for 50 laps? Okay, then. I then, Hamilton, you talented driver. 50 laps on those tyres? I think, you know, I honestly think that Hamilton is the best racing driver, Formula One racing driver. Of all time, like hands down, he's the best. He's got his complete package. Verstappen has a potential to be there, but he's not yet. He hasn't earned. He hasn't earned that. Like Hamilton is the best racing driver ever. Here's me thinking. Let me get away from football because it's bent and corrupt and everything wrong with it. Here I come to Formula One. I mean, look, I'm not gonna take away anything from Max Verstappen. He's a heck of a driver. Maybe if you look at the whole season and probability, he probably the best person did win. I'm just thinking the way it went down, particularly at that last lap. Did he overtake the safety car? He did, didn't he? No, 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 no. Now what happened? There, there was a, there was a, there's a rule to say there's no overtaking allowed behind the safety car, right? Meaning that the second place can't go first now because there's a safety car, right? It's, and basically, uh, Verstappen was nudging in front. You know, just to, you know, just nudging in front, and and Mercedes were like, "Had corner on the on the blower going. Why don't you just get in front?" And so I don't know why people are not doing this. Just overtake him. Um, no, but the thing is, is yeah, it was that 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 protest by Mercedes was reaching, which is why they're not pursuing that particular protest anymore. Yeah, but uh, if I uh, look, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I think rules may have been bended and i don't know i mean i'm 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 not gonna break down the rules and whatever i i do think there was some chicanery that went down but like i yeah, said it was definitely from both sides though like both sides were going at it on the phone to the fia you know and i think that's half the you know they should be able to pressure fia into decisions like that but i think that i i honestly think that michael massey did the correct thing in the end it wasn't the correct thing to begin with, but it was a correct thing in the end. I think you might be the only person in the world who agrees with Michael Massey. No, no, I think that he he did the bad call to begin with to tell them that there's no overtaking. But a race is a race. Who wants a, who wants a championship to finish under the safety car, right? Really, it's the last race of the season on the last lap of the most thrilling series. Sorry, a season we've had for, for as long as I can remember. And of course, they had the worst decision to make. You know, it's 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 a tough decision, and I feel for him. But he was very gracious at the end, though. To be fair, he was in the end. He congratulated Max, and I was like, that is absolute pure class, absolute pure class. I mean, I can't say the same about Toto, though, mind you. Yeah, Toto. But it, I did read, though, in his defence, I did read that he did message Max was happened to say. That's what Max said. That, yeah, that he and he said that Hamilton was very classy about it all, and he was like, "Look, at the end of the day, we may go hammer and tong, but there is a lot of respect." And... Yeah, I, th- I th- but honestly, I think it's, it's done a, a lot of good for the sport. It's you know, there's no such thing as bad press and all that. 
bit of excitement to end the year. Drive to Survive will be really good. <laughs> and Netflix season three coming up. So that's what Michael Massey wants, doesn't he? Drive to Survive. Just, 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 just get the numbers on there. I mean, that yeah, that show's probably gonna. That's gonna blow up. Insane numbers, yeah. But uh, as I was saying, it was it's going to be the last episode of 2021. And also, it's probably going to be the last episode for a little while, actually, because uh, in the new year, there's going to be a lot of things happening and changing. And I think I've got to take a, a step down and try and figure everything out. So this isn't going to be the last ever episode. This ain't a, a goodbye. I This is like a... I see you see you down the road but uh yeah once kind of figured everything out and i'm sure yeah we'll be back with some episodes but yeah after the new year we'll be taking uh, something of a uh, of an extended break so uh there you go and uh yeah omricon is still uh it's still out there booster jabs what the prime minister you? told us yesterday um well apparently in our local town center you can walk in Oh really? I might yeah. be in there then. Yeah, I think yeah. I think you can do walk-ins there. But uh, yeah, because I, I, I was thinking, shall I book it? But then it was one of those things. It's like apparently the NHS website is crashed. It is heaving. So, but I think yeah, I'm I'm sure the the town centre is doing walk-ins. So uh, obviously, if you if you've been vaccinated, get your booster. And obviously, you haven't got your booster. Get vaccinated, all right? Don't be a plonker. Get vaccinated. It's your best chance of beating this. And with Omricon, I mean, as far as what I've kind of read, is that while it does spread quickly, it's one of those where if you're vaccinated, then you should be okay. But uh, and obviously, if you've got three shots of Pfizer in you, then uh, you should kind of be okay and safe from it. So... Uh, I'm definitely going to get my booster. Work more traveling. Oh, I'll tell you what I do like though, is that the now the the, the new guidance for working from home's kicked in again, so the office is quite quiet, which is really nice. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to apply to us. I would imagine I'm going to have to go in. Yeah, anything, any anyone that's working in like the um, media industry is, I think, exempt from it. I don't mind if if the tubes if if it means that the tube's going to be quiet, then uh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't mind going in and 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 and, and what have you. But uh, no, like I said, we're doing a, a racing episode. I mean, this was totally coincidental with everything that happened with the uh, the Formula One. But uh, yeah, let's 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 get let's get started right away and. Uh, we're going to start with Wacky Races. So this came out in September 1968. And some of the things happening in the world. 150 women who are members of the New York Radical Women arrive in Atlantic City, New Jersey, to protest against the Miss America pageant as exploitative of women. It was led by activist and author Robin Morgan. It is one of the first large demonstrations of second wave feminism as women's liberation begins to gather much media attention. Arthur Ashe wins the first US Open of the Open Era, also becoming the first black male to capture the title. Albania officially withdraws from the Warsaw Pact upon the Soviet Union-led Warsaw Pact invasion of Czechoslovakia, having already ceased to participate actively in pact activities since 1962. Funny Girl was in the cinemas and Hey Jude was number one in the charts. But uh, yeah, I mean, talking of on topic, I'm yeah, I think I'm going to start the uh, the Beatles Get Back documentaries on uh, Disney. I've seen like clips of it and like the archive footage is just unbelievable. Like, wow, I'm watching that and thinking the footage is just insane like how someone had the the foresight to record everything and for the Beatles yeah to make sure look we got this one album to do we've got three weeks to do it in and so on and so forth and honestly yeah I I, I can't wait to sit and uh, sit back and, and and enjoy this and as for Hey Jude it's a lovely song and until it goes to the whole 
end of the night feel and la 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 la. Hey, dude. I mean, if you kind of take that away from the song, it's actually a really nice song that Paul wrote for John Lennon's son. I, that's the first song I ever learned on the guitar. So literally just like strumming each chord, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it it, it is quite a good uh, guitar song to get into. But yeah, obviously, if you, if you have seen Get Back, then uh, yeah, good for you. I'm going to watch it soon, and I'll be able to revel and enjoy it just like the rest of you. Wacky Races. So this was a American animated TV series produced by Hannah and Barbera Productions. The series features 11 different cars racing against each other in various road rallies throughout North America, with all of the drivers hoping to win the title of the world's wackiest racer. The show was inspired by the 1965 comedy film The Great Race. The cartoon had many regular characters with 23 people and animals spread among the 11 race cars. The series spawned numerous spin-offs throughout the years featuring Dick Dastardly, the most similar in theme being Fender Bender 500 in 1990. The cartoon revolves around several racers with various themes who are each allowed to use strange gimmicks to compete against other racers in many races across the United States. One of the unused plans for the series was that the races would be part of a live-action game show produced by Heta Quigley Productions, in which contestants would bet on which wacky racer would cross the finish line first. Although the game show concept was scrapped, the series was still produced by Hanna-Barbera Productions in association with Heta Quigley Productions. And in 1988, a made-for-TV movie around the world with the Wacky Races was planned as part of Hanna-Barbera's Superstars 10 series of TV movies, but never got past the concept stage. And in terms of spin-offs, Penelope Pitstop and the Ant Hill Mob were spun off into another cartoon series in 1969 titled The Perils of Penelope Pitstop. In the same year, Dick Dastardly and Muttley were given a spin-off series titled Dastardly and Muttley in their Flying Machine. And the series is sometimes mistakenly known as Stop the Pigeon. After the show's working title and theme song, both, se- both series ran for a season each. In 1977, Captain Caveman and the Teen Angels were produced. The titular Captain Caveman was modelled after the Slag Brothers. And in 1990, a cartoon segment in Wake, Rattle and Roll named Fender Bender 500 was produced. The show follows the same premise as Wacky Races, taking place on a world tour instead of in the United States. Only Dick Dastardly was retained from the original cast. All of the other racers are from Hannah and Barbera shows such as Yogi Bear and Augie Doggy and Doggy Daddy. And in 2006, the pilot for a spin-off series titled Wacky Races Forever was produced for Cartoon Network. The series depicted a roster of both new and returning racers competing against each other. Penelope Pitstop and Peter Perfect had married and created Perfect Industries, the corporate sponsor of the new Wacky Races, whereas their children, Parker and Piper, competed in the race. Other characters included the Slag Brothers, Professor Pat Pending, a teenage version of the Gruesome Twosome, and Dastardly and Muttley, working for a new villain named Mr. Viceroy. Who ought to steal? Who sought to steal Perfect Industries? The series, however, was not picked up by Cartoon Network. A little bit of fun now. So this is how you say "wacky races" in some select countries. So obviously, if you see your country or your language, and I have butchered it, then uh, I can only apologize. So Bosnian, you say "ovnut." Tricky, which means strange racing. In Catalan, it's Els Cotzes S. Borgerats, or the bumpy cars. Dutch is Hotse Notse Nuzen Rally, or Wild Bumpy Loser Rally. In French, is Le Fou du Volant, or the Fools of the Wheel. Frisian is Hots Nuts Nuzen Rally. Rally of Hot Knees. I don't even know what that means. Galician. What country is that? I'm not sure what country that is. But they say, they say, Os Tolos do Volante, the fools of the wheel. German is Autorennen Total, or Total Car Race. Hungarian is Flugos Futam, the wacky race. 
in Italian, it's Le Corse Pase, the crazy races, or La Corsa Pio Pazza del Mondo, the craziest race of the world. Japanese is Chiki Chiki Machine Moresu, Chiki Chiki Racing Machines. Polish is Odlotowe Wisigi, Cool Races. Portuguese is Amas Luca Corrido do Mundo, the craziest race of the world. And Brazilian Portuguese is Corrida Maluca, Crazy Race. In Romanian, it's Curse Transnite, Wacky Races. So they're the ones who literally have wacky races as their uh, meaning. Spanish, Los Autos Locos, the crazy cars. Serbian is Urvnut Trike, again, strange racing. And Swedish is Fadarana, Fadarana, the speed freaks. The characters. So we've got Dick Dastardly, who is a archetypal moustache twirling villain. And he's weaselly snickering dog Muttley, and they drive the mean machine. Their sinister vehicle is a combustion purple rocket powered car with an abundance of concealed weapons and the ability to fly. Startersley's usual race strategy involves around using the mean machine's great combustion and speed to get ahead of the other racers and then setting a trap to stop them and maintain the lead. But most of his plans backfire, causing him to fall back into last place. Dastardly is the only racer who not only never wins, but never even finishes in the top three in any race. Then you go at number one, the Slag Brothers, Rock and Gravel. And they're in a caveman-themed race car called the Bouldermobile. The car is made out of Rock and the Brothers, who talk in caveman-like gibberish, but with occasional intelligible words, power it up by hitting it on both sides with their clubs and are also able to rebuild it from bare rock always using their clubs. The Gruesome Twosome, which is Tiny and Bella, or Big Gruesome and Little Gruesome, they are monsters and they drive the Creepy Coop. Their horror-themed car includes a small bell tower inhabited by a fire-breathing dragon, bats and other creatures. The Creepy Coop's special booster is Dragon Power, and with the dragon acting as a Rato unit. Professor Pat Pending is an inventor in the converter car, he could transform his car into pretty much anything that moves. The Red Max, who is a Manfred von Richthofen-styled aviator who speaks with a German accent in a car-airplane hybrid called the Crimson Hay Baler. And his vehicle is able to fly only though for short distances in ground effect. Penelope Pitstop is the lone female driver and she drives the 1930s racing costume and she's in the compact pussycat she's a southern belle and she seems more concerned with her looks than with racing and often gets herself into trouble nevertheless she's a skilled racer usually in the top three finishers and winning several times sergeant blast and private meekly they're in a armored car tank hybrid called the army surplus special the sergeant uses firepower i.e shooting cannonballs from his turret to temporarily boost power into the car. The Anthill Mob, who are a group of dwarf-like gangsters led by Clyde and is composed of him, Ring-a-Ding, Rugbug Benny, Mac, Danny, Kirby, and Willie, and they drive the bulletproof bond. And they are sometimes preoccupied with getting caught by the police and are able to use getaway power, which involves all of the gangsters, except for Clyde, extending their legs through the bottom of the car and running. Lazy Luke, who's a hillbilly and blubber bear, a timid crybaby bear, and they drive the Arkansas Chuggabug. Luke maneuvers in the steering wheel with his bare feet and his car is steam powered from a old rickety boiler. Luke has been known to blow up a balloon and use it as an air jet for briefly increased speed. Peter Perfect, who is a gentlemanly racer and he drives the Turbo Terrific. He's extremely strong, but very vain. And he often boasts about the virtues of his high tech race car which regularly falls to pieces seconds after he praises it. He is fond of Penelope and often helps her out. And last but not least, Rufus Roughcut, a lumberjack, and he has his companion Sawtooth, the beaver, and they drive the buzz wagon. Their car is entirely made of wood, and it features four circular saw blades as wheels, and Sawtooth, Sawtooth is able to cut through obstacles, such as trees and other objects, at super high speed.
Now, in terms of their records, would you like to take a guess as to who won the most races? Oh, that's a tough question, you know. Peter Perfect. He's actually one of them. Joint joint at first. There's uh, two others who, according to my notes, who have also won it four times, which is the most. Oh, um, Professor Pat Pending. He's not one of them. Oh, Rufus Roughcut. Rufus Roughcut, no. Oh, I'm running out of people already. Flag Brothers? Penelope Pitstop's got to be one of them, surely. Yeah, she is. And Hill Mob? Yes. They are the three who have won it four times, and the rest of them have won it three times. So it is quite evenly spread out in that, in, in, in that way. So uh, Wacky Races, I think I've spoken for long enough, so uh, say some stuff about Wacky Races. I remember when I was a kid, right, and I used to hate the show. I remember saying to myself, right, and in a really grown-up way, even though I was only about six. First of all, actually, just before I say that, I can't believe it came out in 1968, or whenever you say that's, that's That's so far away. Um, anyway, I remember hating this and thinking, um, you know what? There's nothing else on. You're going to have to watch Wacky Races. Just see how it goes. See what happens. You might enjoy yourself. And anyway, I ended up really loving it. And and from that moment on, I've never looked back. This is one of the best cartoons I've watched as a kid. I loved all the episodes. I did see one where Dick Dastardly did win, right? Crossed the line first. And then they did a photo finish and uh, he'd used the spring to uh, move his the front of his car forward and he got disqualified. So, yeah, I mean, I, I watched a fair few episodes of this. Maybe I watched them all at some point. Maybe I didn't. I don't know. But, yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this. I loved this as a kid, you know. I This is such a... This was such an easy win for Hannah and Barbera. Such an easy win. Such a simple concept. Just get a bunch of characters... Just have them race. Have someone who's uh, dastardly, no pun intended. It, it, yeah, it was just such a a straightforward uh, concept and idea. I used to remember watching this in the mornings before school. It's the one time I remember watching this because I think before school, CBBC would have like the breakfast show. So and you and they just show a ton of cartoons before we'd have to we'd have to go in for school. And the Wacky Races was one of them. And yeah, I used to just remember enjoying watching this. And yeah, it's, 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 that's what it is. It's literally wacky. It's wacky. It's goofy. It's silly. But it's all of the, it's the right kind of silly. It's the white, right kind of wacky. Very, yeah, the concept, very straightforward. It's a shame that they didn't quite get the new one right. But, I don't know. I think it was maybe difficult to kind of develop a newer version of of the show. And yeah, I mean, I, I, all I know is that this was like an absolute winner back in the day, and even revisiting it was was awesome. Yeah, it it held up for me reasonably well. I was laughing. I did just like Muttley, and and Muttley would just be laughing, and and it would be genuinely funny. That's what kind of made Muttley for me. Like, he would be laughing at something that is genuinely funny, and you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> then he gets smack on the head. <laughs> yeah. I like how he's literally, like, even then he gets whacked with the bucket in the first episode, he's still got Muttley. <laughs> he's still laughing under the bucket. And I just, yeah, little things like that, just, it, it pops me. It gets me. It's, it's like I said, it's it's an easy win. And I think, obviously, in the 60s was when Hanna Barbero in their bag. They couldn't do anything wrong. It was one of those where they thought, we're just going to work our tails off in the 60s and in the 80s, we're just going to chill. And just let, let, let them do a, a quote-unquote 80s version of this show because we've already done the other versions. And so, yes, this is a very straightforward, easy win for, for HB Productions. Absolutely. So, I mean, I found it tricky to do my notes in this because... You know, it's quite hard to... I did initially, but I kind of got used to it. So I was just writing some stuff down that I liked. I, I watched two episodes because I thought this is an absolute winner. But, you know, I don't need to revisit all the episodes. So, so my first episode was Seesaw to Arkansas. That's the first one, yeah. So Police Chasing the Anthill Mob. So basically all the racing, blah, blah, blah. Uh, police Chasing the Anthill Mob. And they like... Oh, basically they have to race to Mustard Spread Arkansas. That's the finish line. 
So the police are chasing Andy and Well, Duke does leave waiting in the canyon. He's like waiting to blast it. All goes wrong because the uh, the wire broke and then Muttley puts the wire together and it blows him up. So Pat Pending. But by the way, Pat Pending. What a funny name for an inventor. <laughs> that is a very clever name. Very clever name. So he gets stripped. Uh, sorry, sorry, he gets stopped. But then he just goes up and floats in there. And he, he takes the lead. So the Anaheim will go off and they find to go away from the police and they find a like a, a shack. And it's the Seven Dwarves shack. So Penelope comes in and they're all in the out of Seven Dwarves outfit. So he gives it the wrong directions. And Dick Dastardly comes and they give him bad directions too. And then... Uh, on the radar, all the cars are going crazy, and um, Dick Dastardly turned all the exit signs on the motorway to the entrance signs, so we're all going around in circles. And he's telling the, the narrator what he did, and he look, look, I turned it round, and then as he turns it round, the exit goes towards him, and he gets run over by all the cars. Then they get to a train track, and the train blocks uh, blocks the tracks, so no one could get past. Penelope pit stops inside that train, she gets out. And then all the racers go through it, run Dick Dastardly over. And then they're all racing to the finish line. And, like, and the narrator again is like, uh, oh, it's going to be a photo finish. And they all whiz across the line. And then when they zoom in on the photo finish, um, Dick Dastardly is posing just before the finish line, which I find quite funny. The next episode I watched was episode 17, the Road Island Road Pace Race. So Dick Dastardly's in the lead. Uh, he's going to get past. So he uses road, a road hogger, which makes his wheels come out. And the Anthill Mob and Peter Perfect fall off a cliff. So Peter Perfect's coming up. Dick Dastardly gets uh, Muttley to give chocolates to... Sorry, Penelope Pitstop's coming up. Uh, Dick Dastardly gets uh, Muttley to give her some chocolates and then catches her a fishing rod. Pat Pending catches her on a tandem bike. Uh, meanwhile, the Slag Brothers lose a wheel. They bash one into shape um, using a rock. Then Dick Dastardly makes everyone go into a building site. And after some shenanigans, Dick Dastardly, Muttley and other races... Sorry, Dick Dusty and Muttley, uh, he has a gun on the front of his car and he shoots all the other, tries to shoot all the other racers but ends up shooting their own car. Then they put a hot sauce into Professor Pat Pending's engine and then Dick Dusty forgets to take Muttley back from that and then so Muttley chases the car and takes the engine off um, and which makes Dick Dusty short, just uh, stop just short of the finish line. Did you say he won the race in both of your ones? Oh no, I didn't, I, I didn't say he won. In uh, Seesaw to Arkansas, Red Max finishes first. It was a photo finish, and it was determined that he was the winner. Right, so I watched an episode called Idaho A Go-Go. So they're driving around in Idaho somewhere. I didn't, I didn't make a note of that because I don't think they said. Penelope's in the lead, so she thinks, you know what, I'm going to get my, uh, my makeup done. And so Dastardly has a big block of concrete, and so he wants to put that in the middle of the road. It gets stuck, so he tries to sort it, and then, as you do, it falls on him. And Arkansas chug-a-bug, it, the car sneezes, it knocks all the cars over, except for Penelope's car, and she's clear in the lead. Darcy wants to do something about that, so he dresses up as Little Red Riding Hood and gives Penelope a basket to give to Grandma. And so you got Muttley, who's dressed up as a wolf. And so, obviously... Darcy as a grandma's going, oh, you have to be careful of the wolf. And so Penelope just opens a window and has a pan and just whacks Muttley in the head with it, which I just thought was great. Then uh, Peter Perfect is coming in, and obviously Penelope can't see, so she gets the pan, whacks Peter Perfect on the head. <laughs> and then Darcy decides to lock Penelope in the closet. The wolf, the real wolf comes to scare Granny but ends up attacking Dastardly, lets Penelope out. She whacks the real horse, and she goes back to the race. Red Max slices up the anthill mob. Dastardly tries to detour the race, tries to put cattle crossing. It doesn't work, and they all still go ahead, but they run into a bull. The racers basically knock over the big boulder. The Slag Brothers win the race, and Dastardly is still chased by the bull. Then I watched an episode called the Baja Haha Race. So they're in Baja, California, and they're racing to Enchilada, Mexico, which I'm not convinced is a real place, but I'm thinking it's Hanna-Barbera. It's 1968. Hmm. Red flag. I mean, as a red flag. And so Darcy Lee's racing onto the lead. 
And so he's blowing up these cow balloons to throw up his rivals. They run into a real cow and it chases after Dastardly. Dastardly is driving under sand and Penelope crashes into it. And so does Professor Pat Pending. Dastardly is driving into a mud hole and he has to seek help from a local. Dastardly wants to use the mud hole to stop everyone else. And so he's getting a uh, a bureau that basically helps him to help him to get out from the mudslide. And so he's paying 100 pesos to the local to buy the bureau. Peter Perfect is trying to help Penelope, but she's still stuck in the mud. There's a local and he has another bureau and he basically uses it to help Penelope. And obviously Darcy thought, oh, that's the only bureau. I thought I bought the only bureau. So once they all get stuck in the mud, the bureau won't be able to help them. But there's like a whole farm of like bureaus. And so he's like, oh, you tricked me. Drat and double drat. And so the fire-breathing dragon dries up the mud hole. Dastardly tries to get rid of the burrow, but it destroys the car. The crowd is basically sleeping. I don't know if that's a, a stereotypical Mexican thing where everyone's having a siesta and snoring away. I don't know. Another, another, another red flag for me, potentially. And who, who won this race? The Slag Brothers, again win the race and Darcy actually manages to cross the finish line but he crosses it with a burrow and the last episode i actually watched the finale it was called the carlsbad or bust bash so in this race muttley is painting fake lines on the on on on, on the racetrack Darcy has a gone yet and obviously the commentator's like why haven't you gone yet and he's like because I have a plan. So basically, they're all going to go into the pit. And they and then Dastardly thinks that he will be clear. But the racers all get out of the pit fairly comfortably. They all just kind of help each other get out. So Dastardly falls into the pit. And Penelope's using too much blush. And she puts off the drivers. Peter Perfect is using triple wheel power. But the car somehow falls apart. Because he was bragging about it. Then Dastardly tries to mess with the Chuggabug car, but it fails. Dastardly puts a warning sign up, and Professor Pat Pending believes it. Dastardly drives off, but he falls into the water, because the bridge really was out, because he said, oh, there's a sign, bridge is out, but it, it really was. Dastardly's trying to go via the sneaky, snaky river to win the race, but the shortcut doesn't seem to work. Penelope and Peter Perfect are in the tunnel, and they're trying to find the right tunnel, because it's the tunnel to the finish line. Dastardly meets a caveman who is, and then the caveman decided to cave his head in. And the racers are looking for the right exit. Caveman throws a boulder towards Pat Pending, but he throws it back using one of his inventions, and it's after Dastardly. They all get out of the tunnel, and Penelope wins the race. And Dastardly is still being chased by the boulder, and he says, "I hope we make it out before the next wacky race." There wasn't going to be no wacky race after that. Yeah, there you go. And that was the wacky races. Yeah, it's good, man. I mean, I enjoyed it and I enjoyed it back when I was a kid. And revisiting it was just as good. So, Absolutely, absolutely. And yeah, it was again, you know, what I think I actually think this is underrated in some ways. When you think of like some of the heavyweight characters that Hannah and Barbera came up with, I'm not sure if wacky races gets enough credit as opposed to some of their sort of giant shows and maybe there's a reason for that but i don't know i think wacky races is 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 actually a, a really good concept i don't know maybe because it's, it's such an easy concept it kind of can like be left on the wayside but i don't think it should no, i think it's really good like i said i maybe when, as a as a like a really young kid i struggled to get into it but once i was into it i, I loved it so yeah, absolutely. And this was uh, another one in the bag for Hannah and Barbera. Right, so next up, we're going to be talking about Dash Yonkuro. So this came out in October 1989 and some of the things happening in the world. The government of East Germany closes the country's border with Czechoslovakia to prevent further emigration to the West. 
The Grand National Assembly of Turkey elects Prime Minister Turgut Özal as the eighth president of Turkey. The Commonwealth heads of government issue the Lankawi Declaration on the Environment, making environmental sustainability one of the Commonwealth of Nations' main priorities. Look who's talking is in the cinemas. And Another Day in Paradise by Phil Collins was in the charts. Dash Yonkuro or Dashu Yonkuro is a Japanese manga series created by Zoros Tokuda, originally serialized in Shongakukan's Koro Koro comic magazine from 1987 to 1992. The story focuses on Yonkuro Hinomaru, who is a delinquent mini 4WD enthusiast and a member of a mini 4WD racing team who tackles the world of miniature car racing. It is created as a tie-in to Tamiya Mini's 4WD franchise and is the first series to center on the franchise. And the story is a succession of races in, in fancy routes, so pyramids, labyrinths, and tracks fit to make the cars race. During the series run, many characters will appear, like Momotaro and his mini 4WD Crimson Glory Dasha Warriors, the last obstacle towards the final victory. Sabu Kinjiro or Era Solitude and also Jin that will race the Hell Rally with his new Mini 4WD, the Proto Emperor ZX. The previous one was the Dash X1 Proto Emperor, defeated in the regional finals by Yonkuro's then new Mini 4WD, the Dash 01 Super Emperor. The tracks always become harder and the stories unlikely. In a volume of manga, is mentioned that even the prehistoric children use the Mini 4WD cars. And the story will always focus even more on which one will be the true emperor. It will be discovered are many Mini 4WDs with this title that will confront against the Yonkuro Emperor until the epic challenge of the Hell Rally. And in terms of some of the characters, so you had Yonkuro Hinomaru, he's the series main character and also the leader of the Dash Warriors team. He is the boy with the feather in the head and his mini 4WD is the Dash 1 Emperor. Yonkuro is an enthusiast compared to his teammates. He has a risky race style that aims to an overall efficiency in every route. His recklessness will always bring his mini 4WDs beyond the limits to the point he always has the need to replace it. Donkuro Toda, he is the second member and is and he's me 4WD is the Dash 2 Burning Sun. Tankuro is very stout and a very kind boy. And Shinkuro Minami, he's the rich boy who lives in a coastal residence. And Koji Jimmy is childhood friend of Shinkuro Minami. And he's the guitar boy. And there's Rinko Sumaraji who is the sister of the uh, Supervision, Dash Core Supervision and the Imperial Fine Fellow. And she is strong and she has a lot of wisdom. So, Dash Yonkuro. i got to love anime. It's, some, it's just something about it that's just so cool. I mean, some of it, you're like, is that how Japanese really sounds? Um, but yeah, I mean, it's... I really like this. I like anime's so cool, man. Um, weird concept, racing car, little remote control cars, but maybe not remote control cars. I, I thought this was quite good. I, I watched a couple of episodes of this, the first two. So, yeah, I can see where you said that. Uh, increasingly unlikely events taking place. I can see that escalating quite quickly. But yeah. Yeah, I tell you what, I, again, again, I really like this show. Again, another anime show that we've done that is really good. Maybe it's not as good as some of the ones we've done before, like uh, Michiko and Hatchin and Sailor Moon. I think those two are like the top ones that we've done. Again, Dog of Flanders. Again, that was that was great. Yeah, that was and what, absolutely. What was the one with the Airbenders? The last Airbenders. That was good. Was that anime? Yeah. Hundred percent. Because yeah, I'm I'm looking at I'm thinking of Legend of Korra. Oh, 
I didn't. I didn't. I, I. I didn't class that as anime. I don't know why. But it is though, right? Yeah, it is. If you say so, then yeah. The Legend of Korra. Yeah, uh, but I, I, I love that show. That show was great. Okay, yeah, that's another anime show that we've done. But obviously, yeah, there's like the, the ones that we've done that are like, I think really, really elite. Like Sailor Moon, Michiko and Hatchin. I absolutely love yeah, that. And Pokemon. And do you know what? Well, we haven't done. Somehow we ain't done Pokemon. That's probably going to be one down. I've been watching feature. Pokemon from the start, right, in secret. Why are you watching Pokemon? Because, first of all, I'm pretending. Why are you? Yeah, you know, why are you watching Pokemon? I'm pretending. I don't I'm pretending my son likes it, but really, it's for me. And I'm waiting for the day that we do it on here, so I can be like, oh yeah, I've been watching the whole lot. But only Indigo League. I don't care about them. There's only 150 Pokemon in my eyes. The rest of them can do what they need to do. What Indigo League is? Is that the beginning? That's the first one, the original. Do you know what? I would love to watch the Pokemon without the English dub. Obviously, that's what we know and we used to. I want to be the very best. I wonder best. if you can do it. No, no, I don't want to watch that. I want to watch the original. I don't think you'd understand much it... of it. Who cares? You got the subtitles. That's what you need. Back to Dashion Kuro. It's probably yeah, not, not, not as, 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 as great as the stuff that we've done. But in and of itself, I, I did like it and... You know what? Like with anime, the theme songs are always so good. Yeah, there isn't a theme song that we have done that has not been good. Sailor Moon's theme song was fantastic. Dog of Flanders, I love their theme song. Michiko and Hatchin, I love the theme song for that. Honestly, it was really, really good. And yeah, I, again, the concept is a bit random. It's a bit, hmm? I don't know, but saying all of that yeah I, I i really liked it and i i followed it enough and again yeah no english dub for me no english no english dub i, I don't need no english dub i'm good let's get into episodes the first episode was called enter the dash warriors yeah right so yonkoro wakes up from a dream he's got a race and he speaks to his parents. this is like a disney-esque brutal what were we watching? There's a few, a few things we watched, but it's like brutal straight away. So his parents are dead. He's like asking them to cheer him on from heaven. I was like, okay. <laughs> straight out of the gate there. Enter the Dash Warriors. So he goes to a tournament racing these little kind of cars. Uh, like some bigger boys are like smashing up these other ones with a truck, but he's, uh, Yokoro saves everyone. And he's like, this is where you kind of see that he's kind of good with the science because he kind of like, moves one wheel and changes the weight distribution and stuff like that to make them all win. Then, so the, the Dash Warrior says, Dancing Doll, Cannonball, Shooting Star, Burning Sun, and then him, Yokoro. The, the granny's supporting uh, in the crowd. The Scallings are the bully boys from earlier who they're uh, racing. The first heat, Yokoro loses, and they get told off by the coach, and they said that's the guy to win. The second heat, the Dash Warriors win. And in the final, way well, before the final, he gets told to uh, tune his car Detune his car so it's like slower, but um, Cannibal crashes and then Yokoro wins after making an air break. The next opponent is going to be the Hell Kids or something. So, in the next episode, Emperor's Underwater. I don't remember that bit. They have four members of the team. Uh, the Hell Kids have four members of the team, and their, their fifth member is a secret weapon and he's hidden. So, this one's in a, a race in the jungle. Uh, and they have like a guide stick, like a hockey stick, to knock them into the, uh, their cars into the right places instead of having a remote control. They come across the water, they have to head to a bridge, but the bridge is in a bad way, and they make like a pendulum with one car's on top of the other uh, with um, rope. And then the teammate gets hungry, so they can't carry on, so Grandma comes to the rescue, gives them food. I think it's Burning Sun, is his teammate in this one. Is uh, he falls off a cliff, so he pulls them up, and they have this kind of flashback of how they first met and how that they had a Yunkoro. Uh, rescues a girl by crashing his car into her bike and stopping her going into the path of a truck. Then he wins this, like, uh, this, this try and get your car into a box game, but he uses science to win again. And then, anyway, so back to the race, they go into the finish line and the, the Hell Kids throw this log into the water that is actually the bridge. Uh, Burning Sun jumps into the water and, and he uses it as a ramp to come first. The Hell Kids call in their secret one secret weapon for the next episode which is how i told you earlier this i could see it escalating um i went on to watch episode 12 not knowing initially this was all going to be continued and whatever but yeah this one was called aim for the horizon 
So it starts off with Yonkuro. He's in his room and he's basically thinking about what Sumoragi was saying. And he's basically their uh, teacher. And obviously he's saying that the Emperor car has to, and talking about what they're going to do in the race. And Yonkuro is thinking about his dad. And basically thinking about the car that his dad was was racing. And then obviously Sumoragi's telling him, you need to focus for the semifinals. And so the semifinal consists of Fighting Farmers, the Jet Gang, Team U, and Dash Warriors. And the A block is Jet Gang versus Team U. And B block is Fighting Farmers and Dash Warriors. And so the farmers are basically using a supercomputer to create something better than their opponents. And Yonkuro is basically obsessed with Kidoween. And so Kidoween, I think, is from Team U. And he's not really focused on the race at hand. And the farmers are basically this machine. And they're not using pit stops because they have all the speed. They've underestimated the farmers because everyone's looking at Kidoween. And Kidoween is doing everything by himself. Everyone's thinking that he's superhuman. But Sumeragi is urging his team to focus on their own race. And Sumeragi is talking to the sensei. And the, the 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 big sensei guy, and it turns out he's the coach of Team U. Team U, they win their the A block pretty easily. Yonkuro fails to catch his car for the next pit stop. It's struggling with the wheels and it's losing balance. And Kidoween is telling Yonkuro to stand up, and he's talking about the quote unquote horizon. And obviously, he wants to see if Yonkuro is a descendant of Horizon. Because obviously, Kidoween is like, I want to face you in the final. So you need to get your ish together. Yonkuro manages to stick a feather on his car to keep it balanced and improve the air resistance. And it gets him over the line with one bumper's length. So Dash Warriors win the B block. And Yonkuro is like to Kidoween, I want you! I want you! And I went on to the finale. And the finale is The Challenges Never End. And so Yonkuro is reading about his favorite driver, Hilton Fullsigner. I don't know if he's a real guy or not, but apparently a German driver, the fastest man on earth. And Yonkuro wants him to sign his car. Hilton is answering questions at the airport from media. Yonkuro goes to Hilton. So Fullsigner-san. But Shinkuro, he's mate is there and they're basically squabbling as to who gets their car signed but uh hilton is gone and has taken their machines so they have to go get it back and so they're going to this fancy mansion to see if they can get to hilt to uh full signer san and so shinkuro gets chased off by the police and hilton realizes that he has racing machines in his hands yonkuro makes it in and he tells hilton about his car and wants it back and Hilton full signer gives it back and gives him a lift home. Sumaragi and Rinko are there. And Sumaragi is actually mates with Hilton. Hilton is telling Yonkuro about F1. And so he was saying basically the main concept of Formula One is that you have to conquer your fear of death every time you drive. If you're scared of death, then your career as a racing car driver is finished. So I was thinking that's a really, really good point. Yonkuro thinks that something's wrong with Hilton because I think in his qualifier, he didn't look the same. The Dash Warriors get invited to uh, Full Signer's mansion and he has a built-in racetrack and Yonkuro wants to race and Shinkuro wants to race as well. Hilton suggests that they both have a death race and they both agree. Obviously, the rule of the death race is the person who falls, loses. And the track is built like the Suzuka track and it has no barriers. So they fall off. And obviously Hilton full signers watching them and he's like, stop. But Rinko is saying that they're not going to stop at all. Hilton is like, look, you guys have proved your point. And because they're just going all night long, but they're running the course. Hilton can't take it anymore. So Sumaraji suggests it's over because he's lost the Formula One spirit. So obviously the spirit being that if you're scared of death, then you can't have a career anymore. Yonkuro is on his knees and he's crawling. Shinkuro puts his shooting star on the on, on, on the track. 
And Hilton's telling young Kuro to stand up and fight and reach his horizon and don't give up and don't ever surrender. Super Emperor is back on the track and wins the race. They both collapse and Hilton gets his motivation back and he praises the Dash Warriors team. Hilton gets into the race and he wants to return the favor to Yonkuro and show him uh, a good race. Full Asana-san wins the race and he thanks Dash Warriors and Yonkuro for helping him. And Yonkuro vows that he will keep climbing towards his horizon. And that was the end of that show, which I really liked. Yeah, it was all right, man. It was good. Yeah, like it was one of those where the story is one of those where if you follow the story, they tell a really good story, but it's like you, you have to kind of follow. Yeah, I mean, I quite like the um, the use of like he was really clever. That's why he was really good racer and stuff like that as well. Yeah, they would explain the mechanics, so they would explain how certain cars were built, how they were built, so they'll have the explanation and everything. Obviously, because it's English subtitles, you've got to pay attention. And not miss anything out because there was times I had to like pause and rewind a little bit to try and catch the the drift and try and catch the story. But no, this show was was really really good and fair fair play anime. It's it's great and it doesn't miss. Last but not least, Turbo Dogs and this show came out in October two thousand and eight. And some of the things happening in the world. The US President George W. Bush signs the revised Emergency Economic Stabilization Act into law, creating a $700 billion treasury fund to purchase failing bank assets. A controversial Peruvian tape regarding a Norwegian oil company causes the 2008 Peru oil scandal, sparking protests which caused Jorge de Castillo's resignation from office. The Spotify music streaming service is launched in Sweden. Body of Lies is in the cinemas and Womanizer by Britney Spears is was number one in the charts. And Britney is free, which uh, somehow I didn't mention before, but uh, the whole mess with uh, the legal guardianship. But now she is free and she is free to do whatever she wants. So uh, that is fantastic news. And uh, yeah, good, good. So uh, I'm I am Team Britney all the way. Shout out to Britney Spears, and yeah, I hope you enjoy your holidays and uh, everything that goes with it, and enjoy your freedom. Turbo Dogs. So this was a animated TV series based on the book by Bob Kola, and so it's basically starring canine friends. And they learn lessons in friendship, fair play, and teamwork as they pull together to protect their reputations as the fastest dogs in Racerville. And it won the 2009 US iParenting Media Award for Best Product in the TV category. And what the Globe and Mail Canada's national newspaper say about Turbo Dogs, which, yeah, it's a, it's a Canadian show in the main. And what they said was, and I quote, the new cartoon takes the creativity ingenuity of the movie Cars and uses dogs instead. For many kids, the combination couldn't be better. Turbo Dogs is a glossy computer animated tune based on the book's Racer Dogs. The series is full of verve, humor, and parent-friendly messages about helping your friends and being a good sport. And the Hollywood Reporter said, and I quote, Bottom line, going to the dogs is a good thing in this charming new animated series. The best thing about Turbo Dogs is its flawless animation and the dogs are all charming in a loopy kind of way. It's all stuff kids will love and the education they might get, how to behave in the world and find what's important is an extra added canine attraction. So the characters, so there's Dash, who's a selfless, thoughtful beagle with a heart of gold and has a healthy spirit of competition. Dash is the leader of the Turbo Dogs who always play fair. Mags is a clear-headed and cool under pressure. She's an American Cocker Spaniel and the only female turbo dog. GT is a bulldog that is a natural-born inventor and mechanic. Strut is a dashend who, uh, who is his own worst enemy. Strut makes up for his small size by making big plans that sometimes backfire. Stinkbert is a terrier with a strong odor who lacks garbage. Clutch is a turbo dog who is just a bit of a klutz. And he is a Bernese mountain dog. Cam is a beagle who is the announcer for every race. And Ump is a German shepherd who is the Racerville Raceways official track official. 
and he is also the flagman for every race and enforces the track rules. So, Turbo Dogs. Yeah, should we move on? This was the worst cartoon since the last worst one we did. I am not a fan of Paw Patrol, the um, the dogs one. And this is kind of reminiscent of Paw Patrol. Uh, yeah, and it did not do anything for me whatsoever. I don't know. I, I actually kind of like this. Because, no, if you look at it, like, some of the lessons learned, I actually thought it was a, a cute show which with nice messages. Everyone's all very nice and lovely. Like... I yeah, and I thought it was good. I I thought the message was good. This is something that you'd want to show to kids, and you teach them about all the nice and lovely things. I actually thought this was genuinely a lovely cartoon. You're right. You're absolutely right. I make it a good cartoon. I thought it was fine. I even didn't. I even didn't have a problem with you know like how everything was CGI and it was like oh I hate CGI. the main problem I had with it. It was literally it, more so in the first episode than anything else. But it was literally like. Little tiny bit, cut, fade up to next scene, cut, fade up to next scene. It was like, make it flow, man. This is not flowing for me. I thought it flowed really well. Obviously, it's only 10 minutes of cartoon, so it's not long at all. I felt like I was taking a message away from each cartoon. Yeah, you know what? Like, look, it's not the best cartoon in the world. Let's be real. Some of the stuff that we've done, even in today's episode... And even in like the, 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 the episodes gone by, in the hundred episodes we've done, yeah, this is not the best by any stretch of the imagination. But like I said, we have done much worse. Than we've done this a one. few worse. Not that many worse. We've done we've done a lot that's worse, which is cartoons and non cartoon stuff. Maniac Mansion. Well, yeah, and that was also Canadian. So, uh, I mean, yeah, like, we, we, Lucky Luke. Damn it. We did that. And Bruno the Kid. I think those cartoons were better. I didn't mind Lucky Luke, though. I mean, if you want to talk about cartoons that was genuinely trash, then uh, the comic book may have been something. And you know what? I think I may have even had the Lucky Luke CD-ROM game. I actually think I had the, the Lucky Luke CD-ROM game. But... All those things could not have saved Lucky Luke. I'm sorry. That 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 cartoon sucked, Caboodle. So, yeah, let's talk about episodes. The first episode was Lucky Charm. Okay, so GT wins the first practice race. He makes great time. I like how everyone's congratulating him, going, yeah, well done, mate. You did a really good race or whatever. I did like all of that stuff. GT, he's showing how he won. He's got Lucky Charm from his grandma. And so Stinkbert overhears. And so he basically goes to tell Strut about the Lucky Charm. So they're basically hiding in a box. And obviously, GT's thinking it's some kind of delivery. So he's like, okay, put the box inside. I'm going to go out for some food. Strut and Stinkberg take the Lucky Charm. GT's realizing that his Lucky Charm is missing. And the others are like, oh, don't worry, mate. We'll find it for you. It's race time. And Strut crashes into GT. Dash wins the race, but he tells GT that, look, you raced well, man. And obviously, Strut hates Lucky Charm because he trashed. Trashed. He uh, crashed. And GT's still whining about the Lucky Charm, so he goes back to the track. He does his fastest time. And so he's like, you know what? Maybe I don't need the Lucky Charm. Dash. Oh, he sees a chicken crossing the road, which was a running theme of this show, which I don't know if it is or not, which I thought was really random. So Dash sees Stinkbert with the Lucky Charm, and he gets it back. GT's excited about not needing the Lucky Charm. Dash is catching up with GT and has the Lucky Charm, but GT's like, you know what? I don't need it, and he wins the race. And the ref is reprimanding Strut and Stinkbert for their chicanery. Haha, <laughs> see what I did there? Chicanery. There you go. So, yeah, you can talk about your episodes. Right. Alsatian Aces. There's Racing Dogs. The world-famous Alsatians here, world-famous racers, Alicia, Alexa, and Anna, they are racing turbo dogs. Doing some sync driving, GT and the other one are moaning because Mags forgets about them. Mags is now going to do some stunts with the aces. They're looking for a fourth driver. Mags hasn't made her mind up about leaving yet. She does a jump. She's welcome to the team. She decides not to join the team. The end. Right, that's the first episode. Right, so the second episode was... 
This one was called Goodnight GT. And uh, Dash and uh, GT are playing outside. And they get called in and they have uh, milk and dog treats. It, GT's first sleepover with Auntie Ratchet. And she says, go and brush your teeth. They race to bed. Everything is different. And it's like he's in the countryside and he's scared. There's like trees and shadows and noises and stuff like that. So she, um, Auntie Ratchet comes in and gives him, says like, you're homesick. Gives him loads of things to help him sleep. It doesn't work. Then they all go out in the cars. And they have a race. They meet Mags. And then after the race, he feels sleepy and then he can go to sleep. Right. Okay. So I watched an episode called What a Lulu. So, uh, they're racing and they're pushing for spots and Max wins the race. Uh, Megs wins the uh, race. And she gets booked on a TV show called Extreme Driving of the Fast and Free. And there's a presenter. His name is Benny. And he wants to book What's-Her-Face on the show. Mags. Megs. She wants to, and he wants to book Mags. And obviously she's like, look, I can't. The, the 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 shoot is going to be out of town and she has to be gone for a few days and she's like look i've got a hamster called lulu and i don't want to uh leave my hamster but but dash is like look you should go and do the show i will look after the hamster and so mags is bringing the hamster around with lots of things and instructions so you have to like make sure you don't overfeed it you have to make sure that you oil the wheels so that it doesn't get all creaky or whatever you have to make sure it's filled with water and the cage is closed so that it can't get out. Then uh, GT thinks it's going to be a lot of work, but Dash is like, you know what? I don't worry about it. It's fine. And he's like, have you fed the hamster? It's like, uh, I'm just going to fill up the thing. So it's like, I'll just do that. Then they go off to race and GT is like, look, I'm not sure you're doing it right. The chicken crosses the track again, but Dash and GT are racing. So Dash is like, let's go for pizza. And obviously, GT is like, shouldn't you be taking care of Lulu? He's like, I don't worry about it. Lulu gets out of the cage. And by the time Dash gets back, he's like, oh my God, where's Lulu? Then Dash gets another hamster. Obviously, GT's like, that's not Lulu because Lulu is brown and you've got a black hamster and it's a boy. And GT is helping Dash find Lulu. Dash is feeling bad about losing. So Dash falls asleep and Lulu comes back. And he promises to take care, better care of Lulu. So Dash admits to Mags that he was rubbish and so he's, he broke his promise and he apologizes. But Mags is like, yeah, I appreciate your honesty. And Dash promises to take care of Lulu next time. And Auntie Ratchet, which is a really weird name, is leaving her ducks with Dash once she hears that Dash will take care of anything. So yeah, it's a good episode. And it's the lesson is that, you know, if you break your promises, you're a bad friend and you shouldn't break your promises. What's not to like about that? The last episode was what a card. And so Dash and Struts, they're swapping cards. They're doing the classic got, got, need, need that you used to always do with football stickers or football cards and whatnot. They both need the same one. So they, they've got one left and they both need the same one. Typical. And Mags is driving on the track, but there's something wrong with her racer. There's a hole in the engine and so Stinkbert suggest putting some gum that will fix the hole in the engine. Stinkbert has the missing card that both Dash and Strut want. So they decide to race for the last card. And Strut is like, you know what, I'm going to do some sneaky stuff to try and win the race. And Strut is going to get Dash's wheels before he can. There's a chicken on the road. And Strut spins around and, and Dash's wheels fall off. But he gets them all back. Dash sees the wheels and is like, oh, thank you for picking them up, Strut. I appreciate it. So he takes the wheels off him. One of the wheels is flat, so Dash is offering one of his tires. Dash and GT leave Strut. And obviously, Strut's trying to take the wrench, but he gets caught. And so he's like, um, I want to borrow it. And so they're like, yeah, of course you can borrow it. They're racing, and Strut tries to put oil on the track. But Dash avoids it, and Strut collides in it. And so Dash helps him to the finish line. And obviously, because technically Strut's car was made it across the finish line, he technically wins as he crossed the finish line first. But Strut feels bad and he tells everyone about his cheating plans. And he's like, look, we should have a rematch and the best man should win. Again, good. Honesty is the best policy. And he came up with the honest solution. So uh, 
that was Turbo Dogs, and now we have to pick. Dash and Crawl first. This one is like struggling to be on the list. I mean, I wouldn't go that far because at least this cartoon had a message. Luck- Lucky Luke was just ridiculous. But uh, yeah, Dash Young Kuro is obviously the better show of the two. But yeah, it's 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 an it's a no brainer. But yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not gonna have a cartoon with with such good morals be uh, tainted in that way. So uh, there you go. But no, that that was that. And uh, yeah, there you go. That's it. That's uh, the end of yesterday's capers for uh, a little while. So. Uh, but look, we're gonna be back, all right. We're not we're not going away forever. So there's still gonna be episodes for you to listen to and to get with. So yesterday's capers is available wherever you get your podcast from. There's about a hundred episodes in there. So by the time you've caught up with all of that, we'll probably be back with uh, episodes. So yeah, go check it out on there. It's uh, available, and if you turn on your notifications, you'll get this episodes. And you can listen to the previous episodes of the show and we talk about some really, really good shows. And so, yeah, go, 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 go out of your way to uh, check that out. We're available on the socials on Twitter. It's uh, Yesterday Capers. And on Instagram, it's Yesterday Capers 1. On YouTube, it's YouTube.com forward slash Yesterday's Capers. Facebook.com forward slash Yesterday's Capers. You can follow me on the socials at Abdullah underscore Merlim on Instagram, Abdullah Merlim, all my word on Twitter. Like I said before, this isn't a goodbye. This is a see you down the road. So, yeah, I will say see you down the road. And, yeah, we'll be back maybe sooner than you think for episodes of Yesterday's Capers. But, yeah, obviously, yeah, it's the last one of 2021. So whatever you're celebrating, I hope you have a, a wonderful holiday period. For our Jewish listeners, I hope you had a wonderful Hanukkah and you celebrated all of the eight days in the best way possible. And Christmas, Kwanzaa, whatever holiday it is that you're celebrating, I hope it's a brilliant one. And uh, yeah, see you guys down the road. <laughs>